Welcome to the Big Kickoff League of Ireland podcast with myself, Roy Shanahan, and Nathan Doyle from TheBigKickoff.com. And Nathan, it's been Champions League and Europa Conference League week, and I don't know about you, but it's been a bit of a disappointing week in Europe for me. Yeah, well, you know what, we'll start with bad news. We love a bit of bad news on the, on the Big Kickoff, don't we, on the, the League of Ireland show. We had a casualty, didn't we, with, with the, the European teams, unfortunately. Uh, fell at the first hurdle. Uh, it was against Riga FC, Lafayette side. We even said when the initial draw was made that they had the, the, the most difficult draw out of both Shamrock Rovers and Sligo Rovers. And it turned out to be beating 4-0 uh, on aggregate over the two legs, 2-0 uh, in the very Mark Brown and Brandywell, and then 2-0 uh, this evening actually over in the Skonta Stadium. So, yeah, it turned out to be the most difficult draw. Um, it's just a Riga side that not only they're midway through their season, which is a major advantage. Like we're going to get onto Shamrock Rovers and things like that, but they really reap the benefit of summer football where Derry City couldn't. It's a side that's midway through the season. It's chock full of international talent. Uh, Greece internationals, obviously a lot of Latvian internationals, things like that. It really just, just turned out to be too much for them, didn't it, in the end? It did. Um, they didn't really look in the game. And I was watching the first game and they didn't... I can't say they really put too much of a glove on Riga. There's bits of pressure and stuff like that, but Riga just looked a little bit classier, sharper, uh, didn't he? Sharper, yeah. Just yeah. you know, there was, yeah, did a bit more class than them. I suppose if we go through to to Sligo, and we'll just we we'll kind of accumulate it here because if we go through to Sligo, when we look at Sligo who were playing Bala, uh, which is just after finishing for us, um, and Sligo have made it through on penalties, but again, not a very very good performance. No, if you were to sit somebody down that had no clue about these two teams and said, I'll oh, pick out the part-time side, you'd probably pick out Sligo. It's like the fact as well they were playing at home, it was it was a bit embarrassing to watch, you know, like, like a home side in Europe, you only had two shots on target in the whole game, Roy. I I could be wrong. Did you have a shot on target in the ninety minutes? I, I don't think they did. Came, I don't think they uh, did. Extra time. Um Ed McGinty, again, I've been saying for a while, I think he's the best goalkeeper in the league. He proved this night, he pulled off a strain of six and six or seven key saves. Mm. He kept them in the, in the competition. Did yeah. Ed McGinty is the reason why they're getting a game now against Motherwell in, in the second qualification rounds. Uh, I thought Shane Blaney was probably the only outfield player that you could really say had a half-decent game. Will Fitzgerald looked a little bit lively when he came on, but it was only a short enough cameo. Yeah, the overall play, there was... I tell you, man, he, he knew came on up front, gave them a lot Some of energy. Some of the as well, uh, uh, Barlow as well, the young yeah. lad that came on, had a little bit about him, but the big players, I'm waiting on Aidan Keane that I thought was lost, completely mm. lost, especially in the 90 minutes. Um, I thought he was, he was a really, really standout, uh, especially after getting his new two-year contract extension, you think he'd be up for it. He was really, really poor in the night. Again, I thought David Carley just looked miles behind in terms of when he's without possession, there's just no sort of standard of aggressive press. I think he's passing us off all night. You could go through a lot of Sligo players here um, that just had a really, really bad off night. And it's it's sort of a course, isn't it, with Sligo in these European games? I think this is only the second time they've ever advanced in any sort of European competition. Um, saying the last year that they were in a win, somewhere, supposedly a winnable tie against the Icelandic side, FH, and they were... You know, Milt Wart went the next one gets Rosenberg and he fell at the first hurdle. It looked like there was going to be something similar tonight, didn't it? With a potential clash against Motherwell seemed to be slipping mm. away as the minutes went on. But 
he just got away from Sligo for a second. All credit to Ballatown. Yeah, they were excellent. I they really, really were excellent. I thought they were a little bit hesitant uh, to engage with Sligo on the fourth leg, and they obviously grew in confidence. He thought, you know, we can get something out, out of them. They, they wanted two one down coming into this game in the showgrounds. It wasn't you know a mountainous task ahead of them to try and get something and. Even you've seen him in the dying seconds, it's like guys, Anthony Kay is pushing 40, David Edwards is 37. They played on for the, for the entire 120 minutes and constant running, constant pressure. Had the most, well, all of the major chances in the game, really. There was one chance in the end where I, I, you were saying you were sort of half looking at extra time. It was really harder to miss it. It, it was a ball in the back again, Ed McGreen did a brilliant save and he hit the crossbar twice and it was just probably the stroke of luck that Sligo needed, but yeah, look, they got over the line just about, but they're going to have to improve. Because I do think I've seen people on oh, Motherwell's a difficult tie. I think Sligo could put it up to Motherwell. I, I really do. I don't think it's a... They'd have to perform better than that, though, Nathan. They're going to have to perform. doesn't mean they're going to have to perform better than that. But it, it's it's not something... They're not going to roll over this Motherwell side and, and, and just take it on the chain. It's, it, there's a, definitely an opportunity for them to get past and advance even for them in this competition and to make more the all-important European prize money. But if they show up with a performance like they did this evening they're not going to get anywhere at all yeah yeah I thought they were very very sluggish I didn't think there was much about them going forward in the final third which it seems to be a problem all the time uh, when you look at uh, some of the sides in, in the League of Ireland but not only in the League of Ireland I'm saying it more and more uh, people trying to unlock teams who sit back it's, it's, a, it's a difficult thing to do as well what did you make of Shamrock Rovers? Because the week before, I we talked about Shamrock Rovers. They had won 3 nil against a, a Hibernian side who was their first game in their pre-season, uh, albeit it's a Champions League game. But in the second game, they did a very professional job. I know that, that was what was said. That's what it was. They went in. They didn't try and you know push too many forward. They, they kind of just blocked off every avenue for them to get through. But... Uh, I'm not, I wasn't convinced by them at all. I didn't think, in the first leg, I didn't think they were amazing or anything like that. I thought Hibs were kind of, they were poor, really, really poor. And they gave yeah. uh, uh, Shamrock Rovers the opportunity to uh, to take that lead over to Malta. So what did you make of the, the, the Shamrock Rovers performance over the two legs? they got to help, help me out a little bit in the second leg. I was sort of half watching it between other things I was doing, but... I was a bit more optimistic than you. I even said it on last week's show. In the first leg, I thought they were head and shoulders better than uh, Hibernians. All I do understand know what you mean. A lot of it was given by Hibernians, wasn't it? Just they were miles behind with sharpness and fitness levels and even basic things like, like small 10-yard passes were going wayward and just runs that weren't being made on behalf of uh, Hibernians. Um, it seemed to be what I've seen in the second leg, I think just professionals, like pretty much what you were saying there, mate. Professional was the word that you could use. It's a bit of a shutout more than anything else. I thought he would have mm-hmm. went over and made a bit of a statement, put it put into the sword a little bit. Didn't really t- tend to happen. Um, look, it's shaped enough to be a lengthy one for them as well. I think they're, they're guaranteed at least three more tyres now, aren't they? Um, so they're going through and they play Ludogorets. Again, another very difficult tie in the second qualification round in Champions League. It's unsuccessful there to drop down to the Europa League, then it's unsuccessful there to drop down to the playoffs for the Europa Conference League, which is the worst case scenario. So there is definitely a lengthy run in for them. Um, already guaranteed 1.4 million, which is brilliant. So that's going to add up a lot over time. Yeah, I, I, I did think in the second leg, though, the deck, the, the would have went down and made a statement against Hibernus that just didn't really come. Um, what do you make out of it? Because you, you definitely, you, you've seen oh, yeah, it. Oh, yeah, no. The second game. 
I, I, I listen. I thought, listen. They go out and do a job. You win three 0 You're you're through to the next round. That's what it's all about. So, but it's not that. I think it's you touched on something not so long ago about the league itself that the standard wasn't as good as it was last year and in previous years. You didn't feel that there's the the, the games that you're watching were as entertaining or it was lacking the quality that was in, there. In both divisions as well. Well, In both divisions as well, yeah, yeah. And you're not the only one who, I've, I've seen this uh, up by many people who, who look at the game, study the game um, and fans alike. Is this something that is catching up on the league now? Because you look at these European performances, these European performances weren't like, obviously like the Dundalk and the Shamrock Rovers performances of, of before, but even Bowes last year were terrific yeah. in Europe. And there is none of that quality in the league. That that level of quality isn't there in the league this year. And you're seeing that in the European performances, very, very flat. And we're halfway through our season. Like we said about Bala Town, that, that's their pre-season, Hibernians, that's their pre-season. So we're not really taking advantage. Yes, Rovers have got through and that's fine. But they give away opportunities that they'll get punished in the next round, uh, in the first game. They'll get punished in, in the next round for that. I, I'm just wondering, is it a case... Uh, what I think that there's so many players leaving the league now and going to different clubs whether it's Italy or uh, Scotland or uh, to England that the quality well within the League of Ireland has dropped its level yeah, it's disappointing to see. And the one for me, again, just going back to Derry City for a minute, that was really disappointing to see them crash out in the way they did. It was a difficult tie. We said that. We, we know that's about. But this is Derry City squad that has plenty uh, of talent in there. Not probably to match with the, the Riga side, but there's enough to be somewhat competitive. And they just weren't at all uh, over the two legs uh, whatsoever. And we can talk about that it's a slow process. And they're in the, they're only in the foundation building stage now, Derry Andy, uh, of a long-term uh, goal going forward. But themselves and Shamrock Rovers, it's time for them now to really be, be walking up the coalition points and be trying to improve our seeding and to get ourselves into the, the group stages on a consistent basis, especially Shamrock Rovers. Like I, th- I think if Shamrock Rovers don't get into a, a group stage, whether it be even the Europa Conference League, it would be a, actually a bit of a disaster, I think, this year. Mm-hmm. It's really as time for them to be making their mark. Um, but yeah, it, I'm sure it is difficult when you're, you're losing it. We didn't look at Danny Mendre, who was gone. We'll talk about um, a particular Bohemian player that's, that's making the move across the water. Uh, St. Pat's losing Dara Bourne so close out now to their European game as well. It's going to be uh, going to be a huge loss and trying to fill that gap over. And even it's, Sligo it's losing players out. during the pre uh, the season. Even like yeah, like if I'm hearing correctly down here in Sligo, Roy, that could probably be Ed McGinty's last game for Sligo okay. Rovers. That does you know multiple clubs in from Dundee are really really interested in them. A lot of clubs in England looking at him too, so he'd be a massive loss for them as well, wouldn't he? Yeah, and with Johnny Kenny gone, and you know, this the young talent that we're bringing up, and it's great, and it's great that they're going on to these things. But then it kind of leaves a hole in the league for you know we're getting decent quality, but then we're letting them go very, very quickly. It's all. What do we want there with this, isn't it? Do we want to make ourselves consistent figures in these European uh, group stages? Or do we not to be a selling league? Because that's that's where we are at the moment. We're a league that we're going to build up these players, but it's very important that we get the right money for these players and we don't get shafted in contract negotiations. You know, there's no sell-on clauses or getting even even some of the minuscule uh, fees that we're seeing going. 
So it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's sort of seeing what you want. I'd love to see us be consistent and be regulars in the uh, in the group stages, European competition. But on the other hand, you, you can't begrudge any lad that's going to move over. Um, I thought Brexit would have slowed it down a little bit, but it seems to be picking up back again, doesn't it, Roy? Any time player goes over the age of 18, he's, he's whiffed away. Yeah, can you tell me about McGinty? Uh, what kind of contract has he, he got? Because you you said about Keane has had a two-year contract. Yeah. Uh, what about McGinty? Like, I mean, have they put him down on a two- or three-year contract so they're going to be able to get a good fee? Or is this one of these ones that they're they're going to get? I think I suppose I think they're arse-bitten. I think it is one of these ones, Roy. I think he's out of contract at the end of the season, so it's going to be a low ball offer, isn't it? And I think that's why I've seen so many clubs. Like, honestly, there's, there's been some lot of names being thrown around in Scotland and England. So it's not only Dundee coming in, it's not only a one-horse race. There's plenty in it. Do you know the quality he has, Roy? Like, I don't know if you agree or not. I do think he's the best goalkeeper. Oh, league. no, he's been, he, he's, he's been excellent he's every time I've seen him. Yeah, yeah. I think you could put him and Alamanis up there as a the top two. The rest is probably a little bit behind. Not like... They're not miles behind, but they're the two standards for me. I would put Ed over Allen. I think he's, he's the better keeper. Uh, he's so young as well for a goalkeeper, so commanding. He has everything. I could be sitting here for a couple of minutes going on about his positive attributes as a goalkeeper and as a, just as a leader and a player as a whole. So mm. you can see why, but I think it could be one of these that we could see him go for probably similar to what Danny Mandreya went for, which which is it's, and it's that's, scandalous, you know. That's that is scandalous, but scandalous on behalf of the oh. on, on the club's behalf because yeah. it's not as if he sprung up out of nowhere at the start of February and they weren't you know ready for this contract. He's been there with them a few years now, so he yeah. he should he should have been put down on a contract. And I I don't get this thing where they can't give three and four year contracts to people that they believe in, young players that they believe in, like McGinty, because they just fit him into the budget. He's not going to get significantly worse next year and the year after. So he could, they could easily give him a three-year contract knowing that he's going to be there in that, in, in that club anyhow. You know, he, he, he's a big player for them. He's, he's, so he's, there's no reason why not to give him the money. He's already got You just make sure he's in that budget for the next year. It doesn't make any sense. They're going to have to put some money in. So I don't, I don't see the reason why they, they don't give him that two or three-year contract. So that's poor business as, as far as I can see. Um, when you go back to the, to the quality, when you look at Shamrock Rovers and they're in the European games, you can see, or even in the league games, you can see the, the lack of quality there without the likes of Jack Bourne. When Jack Bourne comes onto the pitch, then it's, it's a different uh, Shamrock Rovers altogether because he's picking out passes that the other players aren't picking out. He's able to uh, squeeze balls through the, the centre midfield, uh, through the gaps, through the lines, into centre forwards, on the run, on the move. And I think that's what's really missing. When, we, when, when we've got the quality players go, that go missing, and you can see that yourself with St. Pat's different team this year than last year, it really is, uh, it, it's it's killing the league standard, but it's also going to kill their chances of progressing into the further rounds of Europe. Yeah, no, it definitely is. And again, it's, it, it is, it's, it, you'd never be good, you won't let going over, but, and yeah, it's something like Bourne as well, like the injuries certainly don't help, uh, lost him at a key moment, didn't he? Graham Brooks, another one that he's only starting to come back for Shamrock Rovers too, but, not to be half number the same Pats him, but it really is such a bad time for young Dara Bones to be leaving. Uh, coming mm. into this into this uh, this European run, it's going to be a difficult run as well against uh, NS Moore. This aside that we've seen in the, the group stage of the Europa Comp- Conference League last year, they even beat Tottenham as well, right? Am I, am I right? Mm-hmm. That, no, I did, no, they didn't. No, they didn't beat Tottenham, did they? 
no. did. Yeah, I think so. I think they beat them at home. I think this was Jordan did the proper Jose Mourinho banter time at Tottenham. Was it? I can't remember. I looked at remember. Up yeah, I looked it up. On as well. uh, but yeah, it, it is such a bad time for them to, to, to lose uh, not only a young talent, but a key player. Like Daryl Bones has been consistent in that past scene for the past year and a half. So uh, yeah, there, there is there's, there's going to be a lot of improvements needed, but positive to see both of the Rovers side progressing uh, through to the next round. And finally, St. Pat's know their fate. They know who they're playing. It's, yes. it's been a long way. Go on. So, so Pats will be delighted because they're through to the next round, obviously. Uh, who, who are they playing and when are you going? They're playing uh, NS Mora from Slovenia, who did beat Tottenham 2 1 at home in the group stages last year. So, no pressure, lads. Uh, <laughs> yeah, first leg is going to be in Richmond Park uh, on Thursday, the 21st. And then the away leg will be in a bit of an hour outside of Maribor in Slovenia uh, towards the 28th. So, that's when your boy will be going on his holidays to go watch St. Pat's get spanked by you. And how are you getting across? What's the plans? I'm holding out for a charter flight. Um, I was saying off camera, I was just trying to do it in a way, you know, we're flying from, which first of all, flying out of Dublin to anywhere at this stage. I know, yeah, it's a risk. Absolutely ahead, isn't it? It, it? Just I might just get the 40-40 bus down to it. Uh, <laughs> just watch it here. That's a risk in itself, though, as well, sitting on the 40 bus in Dublin going anywhere. Um, but yeah, so we are trying, we are looking up, maybe we now fly from Dublin to like Vienna and make our way from Vienna down. But it was just turned out to, to be banking on the, the charter flight from the club. So, yeah, anyone from St. Pat's listening in, drops an email because I had my passport renewed. I'm ready to go. Ready to go. Good. Okay. Well, that's going to be something exciting um, to to see and to travel and, and, and hopefully. Oh, I'll- I'm going, to vlog, I'm going to vlog the life forever. I'm going to be one of them people. Do, yeah, yeah. Be one of them knobs. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, well, let's, we were only after talking about the league being, I suppose, talent being squeezed out of the league, which is not a bad thing, but we need to be financially rewarded for it so we can build on from that. And, and I suppose that's another day's conversation. But yet again, another one has gone. Dawson Devoy has left for uh, the League One in England. He has really just been officially announced by both Bohemians and his new club, uh, MK Dons. Dude, really gone into the market of the league, haven't we? We talked about Dara Bones a few minutes ago. He only left the MK Dons last week. And now Dawson Devoy has, has uh, decided to join him on an uh, undisclosed fee. It'd be interesting to see. Uh, I don't, haven't heard that in Roy. Have you heard that? Not a thing. So the fee could be, I haven't heard of uh, Mickey or what it could be. So we'll keep an ear out for that. 21 year old midfielder. We've seen him in, in the uh, the Bohemian starting, uh, starting 11 and senior side since 2019. So Again, a lad that's probably benefited from Brexit. He could stay at home, get a bit of extra seasoning, you know, get get consistent men's football, uh, which has been great to see. We were only talking about Bo's big European run last year. He was yeah. a vital part of that. He was with the, the cup final against Pats. That would be a big experience for him as well. Um, it's made 88 appearances for the Bohemian senior squad, which great going with 21-year-olds. I think he's a smashing player. I, I think mm-hmm. the one for me that I the, this isn't going to be a bloody hot take you know like saying oh I've been looking at I think he's been great for years a lot of people have, I've been a big Dawson DeVoy fan for years but we were surprised he didn't, didn't go last year Nathan very I thought surprised. Yeah. yeah very very surprised that he, that he didn't move uh, in the off season I'm sure both mm. were delighted to get a hold of him but yeah, Keith Lon the story of his life losing another uh, keyboard and mid-season there. it's such a killer yeah, yeah it is isn't it like it's just a couple of good young lads there. Like, I like Connor Levinson. I think he could be someone. I actually thought Connor would have really put his stamp down when Keith Buckley left. So maybe that could be enough for him to slot in there. But 
Hillier was a player of the quality of Dawson DeVoy in mid-season. And he's been so important for them this year as well. He's mm. one of the top goal scorers, albeit, I think, 80% of the goals have been penalties. But he has been a vital component. And not only that, but in the midfield, he's so versatile, isn't he, Roy? He's, um, you can talk about he's going forward and his ability, his range of passing, and he's, he's, his willingness to run at people with the ball at his feet. But I think defensively, he's so underrated as well. He's tracked back so well. For, for a small lad as well, he's very physical on the ball. He, he's tackling as always, usually spot on. So, yeah, a massive loss to anybody in the league, um, especially to a, to a Bohemian side that are really going to struggle, I think, this season to get European football. Yeah, and of course, when we see players go across, you'd love to see them go into the Championship, you'd love to see them go into the Premier League. League One, well, it's touch and go. They're probably getting paid a lot more money than they are here. They're getting contracts that are a lot longer than here. But they, the, the level of football wouldn't be much higher than here. So it's 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 our loss. And again, I hope that undisclosed fee is is a good fee that oh. they've got for um, for Dawson. I will say, Roy, before I move on, I, do, I, I get that a lot and I hear a lot of people saying that when they can go to like League One clubs or lower down FBL clubs. But I think it's the stuff that goes on behind the scenes that is hugely important, isn't it? Like MK Dons, the facility, the training facility. Yeah, they yeah, have yeah, yeah. For the League of Ireland clubs and the day in, day out, like nutritionists and, you know, physiotherapists and things like that. I think that's, you can't really compare the two to what they would have the League of Ireland. And that's what we need to be doing. That's what we need to be striving to achieve too. We talked about this loads of times, haven't we? Like, trying to make it into a full-time professional setup uh, to a similar level. So I, I think that's probably the, the, the main, well, one of the biggest uh, draws rather than, it's very easy to, to, to compare the two of a standard of football over the 90 minutes, but the week, the day in, day out, over the, the 365 days a year, I'd say it's it's different gravy to, to what you would have been getting up us. Yeah, and hopefully this is a stepping stone to step up to the next level, which obviously is championship and then push on again. Um he has it in him. We know he has it in him. The same, we're talking about Motherwell, Ross Tierney. Uh, that they have it. These players have that level of ability in them and they can only improve if they do everything right. So uh, we want them all going uh, and making Ireland challengers <laughs> in the future for the, for the Euros or the World Cup. Uh, we can always dream. Okay, uh, Nathan Collins has officially, Nathan, become the f- most expensive Irish player in a transfer. Yeah, he's, he made his uh, big money move to uh, Wolves in the Premier League. Uh, 20.5 million uh, pounds. Roy, if you want to uh, walk there, you're going to convert that in your head there and show it out to us what that is in the Euros. I think it's about 23 money. million or something like that, isn't it? Yeah, something? yeah. Straight, big on. This one would have been the operation. Fair play. Uh, Five year deal as well, which, which is great to see. Um, we're massive fans of Nathan Collins, Roy, aren't we? We talk ah, about him a lot when, when we do the, the live streams at the Republic of Ireland games. 21, centre half, seems to have everything. Uh, only made six Republic of Ireland caps, but that number's going to grow. So far, yeah, I know. Yeah, that's... yeah. Even he sees, he spent uh, last season, the 20, uh, 21 Premier League season with Burnley, and hugely impressive. Made, made 19 league appearances and was very consistent, wasn't he, over the two. Um, interesting that I've seen today, actually, that uh, Vincent Company is looking to bring uh, Dara O'Shea into Burnley. I'm saying that too, yeah. So it, yeah. It, could, it could be a little bit of a swap out. I don't know why. I thought Jimmy Dorn was still at, at Burnley. I forgot he got his move to QPR. I was thinking, oh, that'd be great for Jimmy yes. Dorn to make a step up. Another, oh, just one Irish lad after the next, a little revolving door system. But yeah, look, a bit about Nathan Collins. He started off his youth career with Chevy Orchard. Then we've seen him come to Stoke City. That's where he really started to make a name for himself and build a reputation. And then he really pushed on, didn't he, when he got that Premier League move to Burnley um, ahead of the 21 22 season. Will he play? 
obviously he's going to play in the Wolves team because it's mad when he's a spam. But you know, like Wolves tend to play with a back three last year, didn't he? Like I look and he had a Willie Bolly who's totally worn now. I'm not a massive fan of Willie Bolly, so that could be something you could start in. Connor Cody's a club captain, so you imagine he's going to be there and thereabouts. But uh, Max Kilman, young English lads, uh, well, not that young, he's 23 or something, but right English lads that tends to play in that back three as well. Is there room for 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 yes, uh, Nathan? I think I think it's going he, to be with that money. He, he's young. Uh, he's got great ability. We've seen it. We've seen it. His, his def- first of all, a defending. He's well able to defend. He's good pace. He's able to uh, read the game very, very well. Read players very, very well. He's willing to put his body on the line. So he does everything that you want. A good header of the ball. Does everything that you want from a defender. But then comfortable on the ball. Willing to play the ball around. And you're seeing, obviously, the goal that he scored. Um, an unbelievable goal. Yeah. But... Um, Yes, is the answer. He 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 can pass the ball. There's not a lot that he he, he can't do. So, yeah. and he now he's going to be stepping up his level even further again, which is absolutely brilliant. Um, yeah, I I I look at I look at Nathan Collins, and I seen there was a, a Stoke City forum, uh, or it was a football forum, and there was Stoke City fan on it, and seemingly Arsenal were looking at him, and this. This fan turned around and had said, listen, I really think that Arsenal are going to regret letting them go to Wolves. I think they're missing out on a a really good player. Uh, And his his final words were, if if Nathan Collins was English, Gareth Southgate would be picking him for the English squad. So that's someone from England saying that. And uh, now I obviously love Nathan Collins when he was at Stoke, but we're all seeing that. We're all seeing that there's... There's a solidness about him. There's a consistency about his play. Yeah, the definitely years. That's actually interesting to say that, Roy, because about an hour ago, I, I was saying that was a, a top six team what, was, was looking at him. So I was actually wondering who it was. I think Nathan Collins would get into that Arsenal team. I think if you're going up to, you know, like your Liverpool's, your Man City's, your Chelsea's, you worry about him at this stage mm-hmm. in his career, maybe further down the line. Um, interesting that it is, it is Arsenal. I, I do think he would have got in there. I'm going to put you on the hop a little bit, right? I'm going, to, I'm going to put you on the spot. So, he's obviously number one, the most the, the, the most expensive Irish player uh, of all time. So, can, you fill, can you fill in the blanks for the rest of the top five? Top five? Well, Robbie Keane must be there. Yeah, Keane is second. He's a Liverpool deal. He must be second, away. third, fourth and fifth, is he not? <laughs> I was looking at the top ten. The top ten, he's in it three times. I think is he's he? in it with his Liverpool move. He's in it with his move from Liverpool back to sports. And he's in it with his Coventry move as well, I think. Right. But yeah, okay. yeah. So, so, so Nathan is, Nathan is first. Robbie's second with his Liverpool deal and away for £19 million. Pounds. Okay, and Damien Duff. Duff is three, spot on. Uh, for his, his Chelsea deal. In 2003, uh, that was That's 7 right. million. Yeah, uh, do, do, so, do, 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 that is a good question now. Um, one of them will stump you out, I would have never thought. One, one, number five will, will stump you. Well, give me five in here. Uh, James McCarthy, uh, when he went from went to Everton uh, in 2013 for 13.5 million. Jesus. I know, I know, that's crazy. Go on. I, I, the podcast we probably go on till an hour here for us to think about number yeah, four. Yeah, so go number four. People listening, those people. Yeah, number four is uh, Matt Doherty from his, his sports. His, his new oh, sports, yeah, his sports. I should have got that one. Yeah. So, yeah, so oh, right. uh, Nathan Collins, Robbie Kane, Damien Duff, Matt Doherty, and James McCarthy, five most expensive Irish players of all time. 
so far because oh, we've fine. got a couple of goalkeepers there that could easily move for oh, decent yeah. money as well so um, yeah so far okay um, Nathan League of Ireland founders St James's Gate are no more no, no, it's, uh, it was sad to hear this, wasn't it, Roy, from, for, Dub- for football in Dublin and football in Ireland as a whole. Um, it's officially announced on St. James's Gate's social media pages that day for a number of different... They have, a, they have actually a lovely statement if anyone wants to go and check it out, but for a number of different reasons, they'll no longer be competing in the Lancer Senior League uh, going forward, so they've folded and shut down operations. Yeah, it, 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 it's sad to see. A bit of a background on them, Roy, what, what, what we're talking about them. They were founded in 1902, uh, for walkers of the Guinness Brewery. This is a big thing when the League of Ireland started off, wasn't it? There was like factory teams that walked. Yeah, yeah. Seeing like, like Jacobs, uh, Ford Sons, who went on to be Cork City. Even Dundalk, I didn't know this not that long ago. Dundalk were set up uh, for a group of uh, railway walkers in the town itself. So, yeah, the, the historic um, historic background the League of Ireland. They were the first ever League of Ireland champions uh, in, the, in the old A division. Uh, the 1921-22 season, that same year, they went on to win the FBI Cup. They beat Shamrock Rovers um, over two games. It was one all. Then the second game, they won one nil in the replay. So in in Daly Mount Park. Were you there? Uh, I wasn't there. No, I was busy that day. <laughs> I, I was busy. Didn't didn't bother heading down that day. Uh, I think Pats were probably playing in Chapel Hill or something. Uh, yeah, so they, they, they fell out of the league in, in 1944, then they returned uh, in 1990, and then they dropped out once again in 1996, year where I was born. So, so it couldn't have been at, at the cup final. I wasn't even a dirty thought me <laughs> uh, So they dropped out of the league for financial reasons, and they've been playing Lancelot, senior football ever since. So, have, yeah, it's sad to see. 120 year history, a long history. Um, won two League of Ireland titles, two FEI Cups. Five Lancer seniors and FEI uh, Intermediate Cup. Then a lot of you know League of Ordinate like Pat Bourne, Shamrock Rovers legend. He he played there. Katie Taylor, very legendary Irish boxer, represented the, right. uh, the, the the women's team. I seen uh, again. I wouldn't have been around for this one, but while looking over this, uh, Johnny Curry could be a familiar name to Manchester United fans of a certain vintage. Played uh, four hundred plus games for Man United. He was a club captain for for a uh, few. I think about, Six or seven years, um, throughout the I think it was the forties and the fifties. He's played for yeah. St James's Gate as well. So, yeah, a lot of play, a lot of legendary players um, representing the St James Gate over the years. So, it definitely yeah, it's always here, it? it is. It's always sad to see a club um, fall away. There's so many people behind these clubs that work really, really hard. And I know with St James's Gate that they've been struggling for a good few years and. Sometimes you just don't get fresh blood in, and they don't they don't keep that work going that the 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 older club members do, and it's just it can just drift away that quickly. You know, you can be top of the table and top of the mountain one moment, and and you're, you're you've stumbled down fairly quickly after that. And yeah, it's a it's a it's a pity, a really real pity. And what will happen is life goes on, and people just it'll just be a distant memory, likes of some of the teams that were in the the League of Ireland. But uh, yeah, no, it's 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 a sad day because you 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 want to have that kind of history there, and you know, with the likelihood that there's going to be a third tier League of Ireland and possible pathways through again, 
they're the kind of things they're the kind of stories that you want to see you know coming back and making their appearance back again and whatever but sadly that's not going to happen um, for St James's Gate uh, not at the moment anyhow okay uh, uh, I suppose we're going to finish up with just uh, it's sad news that Stephen Bradley's uh, son Josh has been diagnosed with leukemia, and there has been, uh, I suppose, a little bit of a, a GoFundMe. What's it called? GoFundMe, is it? Uh, I think it's the the, the other with the I donate. Uh, I donate the page that they use, and yeah, very sad to hear, isn't it, Roy? Uh, young lad, only eight years years of age, goes without saying. And football just doesn't matter when when these things come no. up. It really, really does. It's not even. It shouldn't even be coming the conversation. Um, yeah, but the, but they started the uh, shave your hair challenge, uh, the, the fundraiser. So we've seen Stephen Bradley getting on board. He's he, a little video where he nominated the rest of uh, the 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 Shamrock Rovers family. Uh, so if anyone wants to donate, I think we put the link up uh, on we our did, social yeah. media pages earlier. So anyone listening in. You can just go to the big kickoff on social media and, and, and find it out there. All proceeds will go to the Children's Health Foundation, Crumlin. It'll go to the Irish Cancer Society and it'll go to Avian's Pink Toy. So three brilliant charities um, working very close um, with you and Josh at the moment. And it goes without saying, everyone here at the big kickoff just sends out our love, sends out our thoughts to, to Josh, Stephen, the, the entire Bradley family, really. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's, you know it's just uh, for a parent it's it's tough I mean obviously for the kid it's tough but for a parent it's 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 you know you do rather it was you than than them it's just it's a it's a it's a real it's a real blow but looking it up there's there's even better chance of recovery as a child than you do as an adult so let's hope that Josh does uh, kick on and uh, make a full recovery and there's no better place uh, to go than like the, the likes of Crumlin Hospital that do an unbelievable job yeah. we've been down there a couple of times with the kids and they do an unbelievable job down there and uh, they just don't when you see some of the kids that are down there and uh, struggling but smiling and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, football doesn't really matter that much, you know. No, no, everything's put into its place, you know, when you when you kind of see that kind of thing. So if you have a few quid, it doesn't have to be 100 quid, it doesn't have to be 50 quid, it can be a fiver, it can be two euro, whatever you can afford, throw it in the direction. It all adds up and it all helps out. Okay, Nathan, uh, as always, thanks very much. Um, thanks very much for you for listening and for watching on YouTube. And of course, we'll be back next week.